Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Watchdogs Bark. My name is Drew. I am your host, and I consider myself a watchdog. <laughs> I'm trying to do that different every time. I don't know how it's coming out. All right. Hey, this podcast is going to be good, but it's kind of going to be a call to action. It's time. I know there are people out there that do not want to get involved. And I understand that. And you want to just live your life in peace and not bother with all of this stuff and just learn how to make money and learn how to be a good mom and learn how to be a good dad and all that. I understand all those things. I really do. But you can't be on the sidelines anymore. We need people to wake up. We need people to speak up. Things are getting insane. Uh, By the way, I got a lot of responses about the uh, Five for Fighting video on YouTube. By the way, if you haven't seen it, go download or just watch the video on YouTube, or I think it's even on Ramble. Uh, I'm trying to avoid YouTube as much as possible now because I can't stand the company anymore. But if you go and look for the video, OK, that's the name of the video. That's the name of the song, OK, by Five for Fighting. And like I said, be prepared to have your jaw hit the ground. It will open your eyes as to how insane things really are in our world right now. All right. In this episode, we're going to talk about digital identities and UNRWA. Why are we going to talk about UNRWA? That's the UN charity organization that helps divert donations to Palestinians in Gaza. That's what the, this organization is all about. And there's a reason why many countries are not supporting UNRWA anymore. And the U.S. is one of them. And again, uh, I believe with all of my heart that the U.N. needs to be kicked to the door. The U.N. needs to get kicked out of the U.S. because they, number one, hate the U.S., And everything they try to do is to make the U.S. pay the most amount of money for different projects and get the least amount of rewards. And being in New York, when I lived there, it's insane. They park for free, diplomatic immunity. They do drugs. They have prostitutes in and out of the UN building. And all of that is covered under diplomatic immunity. And yes, some of them have even committed murder and gotten away with it because of diplomatic immunity. Kick them to the curb. Make the UN go to another country. Make another country deal with this nightmare. Then I'm sure you've heard of this dozen illegal immigrants that attacked New York uh, police officers. And they were arrested and then released because New York City is a sanctuary city and New York City has no cash bail. So they're, they're ordered to return in one month's time. And if they don't return, there will be a warrant put out, a warrant of arrest put out for them. And, and they'll have to face the consequences then. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that scares them to death. When one of the illegal immigrants actually flipped off the cameras and blew kisses, everyone in the entire world knows what is happening on our southern border. 
uh, except apparently Democrats who think everything's a-okay, no problem, okay. Then the Tennessee Six, have you heard of this? These are a group of people that were protesting or praying outside of an abortion clinic. They were not approaching any girls going into this abortion clinic. They were not, you know, screaming at them. They were not begging them not to go in. They were just praying. They are facing 10 years in prison. Meanwhile, if you protest the horrific attack in Israel and be pro-Hamas all over the country, no problem. If you protest and burn down buildings, federal buildings, and mostly minority-owned buildings in Minneapolis after the George Floyd murder, no problem. It doesn't make any sense, and it's not supposed to. All right, and I'm going to cover that and also Black History Month, and I'm going to play you a clip of how we really get rid of racism in this country, and I think it will make a lot of sense. But first... I'm going to cover the majority of what I'm going to talk about in this podcast is no new border laws need to be created. None. Absolutely none. The Senate and the House does not have to pass any new comprehensive immigration reform. They have to enforce the laws that are already on the books. They have to... Joe Biden... He says, you know, he really wants to be serious now about uh, enforcing the border laws. And, and they, you know, the, the feds tried to get Texas to, to take that razor wire down in the park where they were processing all of the illegal immigrants. And if it ever comes to it where a federal officer tries to attack uh, one of the Texas, Texas National Guard or other National Guards that other states are sending down to Texas, it seems like this possibly could turn into a major conflict inside the country where one people, one, one group of Americans are against another group of Americans. What would that call? Oh, yeah, civil war. I don't think it's ever going to get to that point, honestly. But it's just, it's insane. And honestly, what's happening down there is the federal agents, the, the Border Patrol agents are just kind of shrugging their shoulders and they're, they're telling the Texas National Guard, we're not going to take down the razor wire. We're, we're not going to do, you know, we're not going to attack you guys. We're not going to try and undo what you guys are doing because uh, we believe you have states' rights on this too. Weird, huh? So again, Joe Biden says, I want to get serious about uh, border enforcement. And they're actually secretly starting to rebuild the wall. I don't know if you knew that or not. They're breaking all kinds of federal laws to do it because they realize it's getting out of control. But if Joe Biden really wanted to do something about the border and stemming the gigantic tide of illegal immigrants coming into our country, he would just resend all of the recensions. I don't know. How do, how do you describe this? Okay, he would just basically reenact all of Trump's executive orders on the border because they were all working. They were all working really well. As a matter of fact, at the end of Trump's term, illegal immigration was at like a 40-year low, kind of. I mean, 30, 40 years. I don't know exactly how long, but it was very, very low, and we were getting control of the border. And 
Is our country really a country if we don't enforce our borders? Do we really have sovereignty in our country if we don't have borders? What if we if Democrats get their way and we don't have any border enforcement and just have wide open borders? What is the United States of America? Do you know? It wouldn't be a sovereign country anymore. It would just be another piece of land. It would be part of North America, but it wouldn't be a sovereign country because there's no borders actually dividing Mexico from the United States. So it'd just be kind of one piece of land and people would come and go as they please. And there are already parts of this country that are overrun by illegal immigrants. And it looks like a third world country. Have you seen downtown Oakland? It looks like a third world country. They have cardboard boxes. It looks like the slums of uh, India. If you go into um, parts of India, if there's actually a book I read called Shantaram, and it talks about a guy who escapes from prison in Australia and becomes like a slumlord in the slums of New Delhi in India. And that's all I can think of when I see pictures of downtown Oakland and downtown San Francisco and downtown Los Angeles. They look like third world slums. And that's because Democrats want these illegal immigrants coming into our country and disrupting our systems. They want all of them upended. So one of the things that I think is most important, if Joe Biden really wanted to solve illegal immigration, is immediately reinstate remain in Mexico. That was one of the biggest deterrents of any illegal immigrants coming into our country because the law was, you're welcome to come to our border, but you have to remain in Mexico until your court date to process your asylum claim. And many people were sitting on that border for weeks and saying, forget this, I'm going back home. This is ridiculous. I'm not going to wait here, uh, you know, on, this, on the border to wait to see if I can come into the country. And then most of the people that are coming into this country, I will say again and again and again, I would say 80%, maybe even a little higher, 85% are single men. These are not families and children and young women, single women with kids coming across the country or across the border. These are single military age men, 18 to 30, coming in our country from 150 different countries. Now understand, none of these illegal immigrants could make these long journeys or come into this country and get past the border patrol agents and the, through the asylum claim courts without the help of NGOs, that's non-governmental organizations. Many are church-related, Catholic, Baptist, Lutheran. All of these are paid by our government to provide aid to illegal immigrants. And there have been pamphlets that have been found down in Central and South America and all throughout Mexico printed in 30 different languages that give you step-by-step -step instructions on how to get past the Border Patrol agents, how to answer the questions correctly so that your asylum claims will be accepted, 
they are teaching people to come into this country illegally, and they are funding them with prepaid credit cards, uh, debit cards as they're traversing through Central and South America. So they have all the money they need to live on while they're making the treacherous journey. And then they get picked up by the cartels and they pay those cartels and the cartels transport them to within a few miles of our country's border and then drop them off. And then the NGOs, the non-governmental organizations, pick them up, you know, the Red Cross and and there's uh, one from uh, uh, the Latin country, I can't remember what it is, but that's one of the ones that provides the major amounts of pamphlets that teach illegal immigrants what to say, how to act exactly, so that they won't be discovered to be just coming here to invade our country and to find work and just get a better life. And I understand the need to do that, but that is not qualifications for an asylum claim. So these NGOs are passing out pamphlets in many different languages teaching these illegal illegal immigrants what to say and how to act exactly. And you have proof of this, but this by reporters are asking these illegal Ill- immigrants on the uh, border, where do you come from? Oh, I come from Nairobi, Nairobi uh, or I come from Kenya, or I come from Afghanistan, or all, all over the world. And they said, what, why are you here for? I, I am here to work. That I, Yeah. I'm here to work. And, and oh, oh, yeah, and I'm fleeing. I'm fleeing uh, uh, oppression. Yes, I, things are very bad in my country. I, I'm fleeing oppression. And then you go down the line and one person will say, well, I'm here to work. Long pause. He gets punched by the guy next to him in the arm. Oh, uh, uh, yes, uh, and things are very bad in my country. Uh, I, I am fleeing oppression. They're telling them what to say to get into our country illegally. And then the most absurd thing happens. Our tax dollars kick children out of schools and house illegal immigrants in those schools. You know, I'm beginning to think that it was on purpose that they kept kids out of school so long and got them used to remote learning. So that when they flooded the southern border and brought in millions of illegal immigrants, they knew they could kick the kids out of school and they would just go back to remote learning that they had to do all during the pandemic and it wouldn't be a big deal to the kids. Think about that possibility. They also kick the elderly out of assisted living centers on Staten Island and house illegal immigrants in those same facilities. Kick people out of the projects in Chicago and house, with your tax dollars, illegal immigrants. And the worst is New York City. Having illegal immigrants staying in the Roosevelt Hotel is one of the ones I know of for sure, where the entire hotel is completely full of illegal immigrants at $500 a night, like $64 million a month to house illegal immigrants. And they're allowed to stay there for 60 days. And do you know who owns the Roosevelt Hotel in New York City? The Pakistani government. Where do you think that 
our tax dollars paying for these illegal immigrants to a Pakistani-owned hotel in New York City, our tax dollars, let me explain this to you very clearly so you understand this, go to pay for illegal immigrants living in $500 a night hotel in the middle of New York City that is owned by the Pakistani government. Do you connect the dots? Our tax dollars are paying for terrorism out of Pakistan. Our tax dollars are funding Middle Eastern countries. Think about that. Think about how absurd this really is. Honestly, this administration, and mostly Democrats, treat illegal immigrants better than they do American citizens. I'll ask all of my American citizens, has the government offered to put you up in a $500 a night hotel for two months for free? No. Have they given you free phones? No. Have they given you debit cards, you know, so you can live in this country? Have they offered to pay for transportation if you wanted to move to another part of the country? You know, just, just ask the government, hey, I was thinking of moving from Utah back to New York City. Could the government please pay for that move? Would, would that be okay? Yeah, they'd laugh at you. But if it's a legal, illegal immigrant in Texas that wants to go to New York City, here, here's your bus ticket. What else can we provide? Food, shelter, medical care when you're there? Yeah, it's all, it's all going to be taken care of. This administration hates Americans. I'm convinced of it. I'm convinced they hate America as it is. They want to turn America into a socialist Marxist utopia. And they do not care that at no time in history, when any country tried to turn itself into a Marxist utopia, was it successful. But no, it's going to be successful this time. This time, we're going to be successful. All the times in history, they didn't do it right. They didn't do socialism right. We're going to do it right. We're smarter than anyone else in history that tried to make their country socialist countries. This is idiotic, is what it is. And what are we going to invite into our country? Well, look what what's just happened in New York City. About a dozen illegal immigrants actually attacked New York City officers police officers as they were arresting one of the immigrants. I don't know exactly what it was for, but they were ganged up on. And you could see these little cowards come running in and kicking the officer and running back and running in and kicking the officer and punching the officer and then running back. They are cowards. They only fight in mobs. They do not dare to approach one-on-one, anyone. Cowards fight in groups. And these cowards punched and kicked these officers and they were finally caught and arrested and they spent half a day in the police station being processed. And then because of the moronic laws in New York City and the asinine district attorney, AG and governor, and the fact that New York City is a sanctuary city. They cannot, by law, hold illegal immigrants 
in jail. But you know what? When you attack a police officer, that is grounds. But New York City says, no, we're a sanctuary city. We can't hold them in prison. And then Alvin Bragg, the most idiotic, moronic, and bought and paid for by George Soros, DA in the entire country, who has downgraded 54% of felonies to misdemeanors because of the color of their skin. This idiot DA has released them back in the street with a court date one month from now. And how many do you think are going to show up for that court date? Especially when you see the illegal immigrant, one of the guys, actually walking out of the police station, flipping off the cameras and blowing kisses. They know nothing is going to happen to them. Even if by some slim chance they decide to come back from wherever they decided to travel to. Some people said they moved, they, they, they uh, traveled to California to get away. Even if by chance one or two of them decide to come back for their court date, New York won't do anything to them because they're a sanctuary city and because they don't believe in, proce- in, in actually processing laws. They don't actually believe in enforcing the laws. I also read something very interesting recently about these um, mobs that are robbing stores at large, in large groups, you know, where like the insanity in California, where now if you steal under $950 worth of stuff, you cannot be prosecuted. That's just insanity. You have a mob of 20, 10, 10, 20 people go in there. They're going to steal twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 worth of, of merchandise. And it's all going to be, oh, it's only nine fifty a person. It's okay. And honestly, no one in the store is keeping track of the price. And the funny thing is, these mobs that are going in and having these gang robberies are doing all of that and robbing these giant, you know, uh, stores and then selling the goods on the streets for a profit. And then they go down to Florida to spend the money. Listen to a CNN anchor's reaction when she finds out about this information. I mean, these are people who came in waves, you know, 170,000 probably to New York City. But within that group, there is this one percenter, you know, criminal element, multiple charges, grand larceny, robbery, attempted robbery, grand larceny, grand larceny. What the detectives are telling me is they have crews here that operate in New York, do all their stealing, then go to Florida to spend the money and then come back. And I'm like, well, why don't they just stay and steal in Florida? And they said, because there you go to jail. Oh, Do you love those reactions? Oh, 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 great reporting. (laughs) These people are so clueless. Florida will enforce their laws. New York won't. What is going on, New York City? The Big Apple. I, man, I lived there for seven years. I loved it. I absolutely loved the city of New York, but I will never return again. I will go visit friends that live there and support them in their careers, but I will not move back to live. Not until another Rudy Giuliani comes in and cleans that place back up. All right, moving on to another topic in just a second, but right now I just want to say, have you ever thought about starting a podcast of your own? 
Well, why not use Podbean for your launching app? They're a fantastic app that once I load my podcast on the Podbean app and push upload, it goes everywhere. Everywhere that I have already designed my podcast to be broadcast from. So I finished the podcast. Also, they have great tutorials. They have blogs. They have all kinds of stuff to help you become a successful podcaster. And they have a pod, uh, a Podbean marketplace where if you get to a certain amount of listeners, they actually give you an opportunity to have advertisers advertise on your podcast. And you can become an affiliate like me. And once people join, then I can get a little bit of discount. But also, the people that I send to Podbean can get one month for free. All you have to do is use my code. Go to www.podbean.com slash bark. That's B-A-R-K. Number Once again, www.podbean.com slash bark. And get your first month free. Okay, the next thing I really don't want to talk about, but I need to, to tell you what's going on. Are you hearing anything about having digital identities? You know, people are are showing that they're getting these implants in their palms and they don't have to carry wallets anymore and they don't have to have their medical information anymore. All that stuff is right on that chip. Well, get ready because those that want the power and control, the globalists actually want everyone to have a digital identity. And these will be effective in, hello, smart cities. Uh, also, it will help with health care because your medical information will be on that digital identity. Your financial information will be on that. Uh, what your food consumption uh, is and what kind of things you buy and what kind of entertainment you watch and what kind of things you do and where you travel and all the different things you do online will all be recorded on this digital ID. There'll be no more privacy. Isn't that wonderful? Also, you won't be able to travel or be mobile outside of these smart cities without a certain permission in those digital identities. It'll help with humanitarian response, e-commerce, you, your social media is all on that digital identity, and they're going to have what's called an e-government. Any government service that you require will be dependent on what it says with your digital identity. They will even get to the point where you won't be able to use your cell phone if you don't have the proper credentials on your digital identity. This is what's coming, my friends. That's what they want. Don't do when people say, "Oh yeah, just get this chip. It's just easy. It just is so convenient. You don't have to carry a wallet around with you anymore. You don't even have to carry a phone." You know, they're probably going to figure out a way to put the uh, speaker on the palm of your hand and the speaker that goes next to your ear on the tips of your fingers, or we'll just all wear headsets everywhere we go and the and the, the apple goggles you know all those can you imagine what the future is going to be like like we're all going to be living in a virtual world we won't have person to person interactions anymore it'll all be digital and that 
is on purpose. Those that are trying to get everyone to move to digital identities and digital currency and smart cities, all these things are for control. Because I played that one video of that European woman talking about what life was like in China, where you carry your phone around, and if your phone is green, you're allowed to go everywhere. But if you, by chance, don't recycle one week, or you, you know, throw away that plastic container when you should have recycled it, or you say something you're not supposed to about the government online, all of a sudden, the screen on your phone goes red and you're not allowed to do anything. You have no access to health care. You have no access to your finances. You have no access to food. Uh, you have no access to telecommunications. Nothing. You have no access to social platforms. They can shut you off completely with digital identities. So beware. My friends, when people start talking about how wonderful and convenient the world is going to be when everyone has a digital identity, don't believe it. It is all for control and power. Okay, recently it was discovered that a dozen members of UNRWA, by the way, that stands for United Nations Relief and Works Agency for Palestine Refugees, so they were in charge of collecting all of these donations coming in from hundreds of countries and individuals all over the world to help the people in Gaza, to give them the, the food and medicine they need after, you know, the borders were shut off and, and Israel was attacking, to get back at them for the attacks on October 7th. Well, come to find out, 12 members of this UN National Relief Program were actually part of the invasion into Israel. They actually participated in the invasion of Israel and the murdering and raping and burning and pillaging of Israelis on October 7th. So because of that, all kinds of countries have withdrawn a lot of their donations to UNRWA. And again, UN, just another part of the UN that is deceiving people into thinking they are a good, wholesome, helpful organization. Now it comes to find out 12 that work for the organization were actually part of Hamas that invaded Israel on October 7th. And now it's discovered that hundreds and perhaps even thousands that are working in the organization in Gaza are also part of Hamas. I cannot say this enough. I do not want the UN in the United States at all, anymore, at all. I want the entire organization kicked out of this country. I do not want the UN in this country. Let some other country deal with all these headaches and nightmares. And all of the investigations into these organizations prove that they're corrupt anyway and corrupted by a lot of terrorist organizations. 
All right. And lastly, before I talk about Black History Month, I want to talk to you about what's going on in Tennessee. There's an organization or a group of people called the Tennessee Six. They are a group of people that were protesting and praying outside of an abortion clinic in, I think it was Nashville. I can't remember if it was which city it was in, but it was a major city in Tennessee. And they are now facing 10 years in prison. That's insane. This, in, this government is going after people that are pro-life, that are pro-religious. They are going after nuclear families. They are going after your children, as I've said many times. Definitely homeschool your kids now. Do not send them to public schools because public schools are nothing more than indoctrination centers. But if you dare protest abortions, not getting in anyone's way. No, they were actually, I think, across the street with a, a table saying, if you need help, come talk to us. And they were praying. I don't know, I guess out loud, or maybe they were just standing there with their heads bowed and their arms folded, looking like they were praying. But these protesters, and that is very peaceful, by the way, no yelling, no throwing things, no violence whatsoever, no threats, just a sign that says, if you need help, come talk to us. Or if, or if you are having second thoughts, come talk to us. The Democrats want every woman to only be encouraged to abort their baby. That's the only choice that they want these young girls to have, is they want all doors open, all access granted to abortions, period. No other choice. Anyone that's offering them any other choice is being arrested. So once again, they only want for every young girl to go and have an abortion at any stage of their pregnancy. And I had a really fun back and forth with someone on X that thought they knew everything about the, um, the law and that it's the woman's uterus and that it's the part of the woman's body. It's growing inside the woman's body. It wouldn't be viable without the woman. And I'd say, well, viability is a different thing than the beginning of life. Back in 1974, medical journals basically with the, I think it was the introduction of the electron telescope, started to understand that the beginning of life actually was starting at conception. Life meaning growth, meaning once that mitosis happens and that cell and sperm get fertilized and that mitosis happens and it divides into two cells and then four and then eight and then all that. Once that division happens, that is the beginning of life because any attempt at stopping the development of those organisms is ending a human life. That's what scientific journals have come to the conclusion of after 1979 or 74. So, and I think it was the uh, Columbia Journal of Medicine was the first one. I can't remember exactly which. It was one of the big ones. But they published that, and then that became the prevailing uh, knowledge that life begins at conception. So when you have people tell you, uh-uh, life begins when it's not dependent upon the mother, and that you tell them that's viability, and that's actually the science pre-1974. 
science has progressed since then. And basically the consensus is even people that disagree have to, or that, that want abortion, that are pro-choice, have to agree that life actually begins at conception. Viability is usually about 18 to 20 weeks, but viability and the beginning of life are two very different things. All right. So these poor six people are facing 10 years in prison, but you, and, and again, these two systems of justice, the people that walk through the Capitol building on January 6, facing four, six, seven, eight years in prison for walking inside velvet ropes, getting tour guides from the Capitol police. We have the videos now that show the Capitol police opening this door for some groups and opening this door for other groups. And yes, you can go into this chamber and look, look at this tour. Oh, stay within those velvet ropes. Okay. And most of them are walking in in lines, looking at their cell phones, looking around inside the Capitol building, but not venturing outside of those velvet ropes. Everyone on the Democratic Party that wants to destroy Donald Trump wants you to believe that all 500,000 that were at that Stop the Steal rally of Donald Trump's on the mall are all guilty of insurrection. That's what they want you to believe. They want you to believe that if you dare speak against elections being perfect and secure and everything went exactly the way it was supposed to, and how dare you question that, you are an insurrectionist. Unless, of course, you are objecting to the 2016 election. You're allowed to think that one was stolen. Right, Hillary? You can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. That's what they want you to believe. And so, again, those people that protested, years in prison. Okay, the Tennessee Six facing 10 years in prison. But look at the damage that was done to Minneapolis and other cities around this country in the summer of 2020. Buildings were burned. Police stations were burned. Federal buildings were burned. Mostly minority-owned businesses burned to the ground. Violence all over the streets. People injured. Some people killed. Policemen injured and killed. But no, no charges. All of those, all, nobody faced years in prison. They were all bailed out by an organization that Kamala Harris kept promoting about bailing out these protesters. But also, none of them are facing years in prison, even those that committed horrific violence. It was all justified because of the cause. You remember even the protest at Lafayette Park right outside of the White House that actually burned down part of St. John's Church actually was so threatening to the White House and they were so worried about the danger of the president. President Trump and his family were actually moved to the bunker for the first time since the 1800s. But no, that's all justified. That was because of the George Floyd protests. That's, that's all justified. That was all allowed. 
because they were protesting for the right cause. When you justify violence and murder and theft because of a right cause, the left will continue inventing causes that are acceptable. Speaking of causes, do you know what causes? <laughs> I'm just, I can't. All right, I have to talk about this amazing experience I had recently at the dentist, believe it or not. Um, I had a traumatic experience when I was a kid. Uh, a dentist, when I was getting my wisdom teeth removed, didn't care that I was asleep or not, just started drilling into my jaw and stuck this metal thing inside that hole and went crack, crack, and I passed out from fear. Uh, basically. And I had this traumatic experience has made it very difficult for me to go to the dentist. So I hadn't been to the dentist in like 20 years. And I've always brushed with AP24 since I've got it. So I, my teeth are actually in really good shape. And even the dentist said that he says, you're actually, your teeth are actually in incredibly good shape for not having been to the dentist and had a cleaning for 20 years. But I had to do what's called a deep cleaning. And I feared it. I thought it was going to be, I uh, heard horror stories about some of the deep cleanings and people having bruises all up and down their jaw and all this. So I went in with all kinds of anticipation, worried about it. And I didn't need to worry at all. Everybody there at Skinner Dental, by the way, here in Utah, I highly recommend them. They're fantastic. They, very, the the uh, dental hygienist, uh, Briley, her name was, very, very gentle, very kind the whole time. If she poked a sore gum, she, ow, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, she was just very sweet, very thorough, got the job done very well. And then I discovered I didn't even need anesthesia. I thought they were going to shoot my whole mouth up with Novocaine. I was going to have to go back to work, blah, 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 blah. You know, not being able to do the Novocaine. What was it? Bill Cosby doing that. I was wondering about my babies. You know, that one. Um, but uh, it turned out to be a really wonderful experience. I didn't even need a Novocaine at all. And uh, I went back to work and had an extremely productive day with very little comfort. Uh, discomfort, rather. So I would highly recommend Skinner Dental. Now, on those lines, do you want really white polished teeth? Why not try AP24 by NuSkin? That's right, I'm partnering with NuSkin and I love this stuff. I brush with it all the time. I do not use the fluoride version because I have my own beliefs about fluoride, but I use the non-fluoridated version and I brush my teeth morning and night and my teeth are always super polished and I get compliments on my bright white smile all the time. So if you want that same bright white smile with those wonderful polished teeth, try AP24 by NuSkin going to the following website through my link. All right. And that's twdbark.mynewskin.com. That's twdbark.mynewskin.com and try some for yourself. All right. Now, speaking of other worthy causes, this is Black History Month. And I just want to wish all of my friends of color a wonderful Black History Month. And, you know, I, I don't begrudge them that this month. And I, I try to be as accommodating as I can, uh, not trying to push the fact that there's no white history month <laughs> and the, the, the people, my, my friends of color will say, well, that the rest of the year is white history month. We don't have to have that. Well, actually it's really interesting to me because we have black entertainment television, black history month, the essence awards, um, 
affirmative action, all these things, what were really interesting, and, and I know some people are going to be mad about this, but it's true. They're trying to solve racism with racism. When you're exclusionary of any other race, you're being racist. The majority or white people are not the only ones that can be racist. Racism is when you have a particular belief that another entire race is either at fault for your life or is beneath you or gets special privileges. That's actually racism. Because if you look at other races having much different realities than yours, you're looking at the world through racist lenses. And I truly want to stop racism. But I really think the only way we stop racism is what Morgan Freeman said in an interview in 60 Minutes with Mike Wallace many years ago. Listen to this. Black History Month, you find ridiculous. Why? You're going to relegate my history to a month? Oh, come on. What do you do with yours? Which month is White History Month? Well, well, come on. Tell me. Well, I'm Jewish. Okay. Which month is Jewish History Month? Uh, There isn't one. Oh. Oh. Why not? Do you want one? No, no. No, I, 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 I don't either. I don't want a Black History Month. Black history is American history. How are we going to get rid of racism? Stop talking about it. I'm going to stop calling you a white man. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you to stop calling me a black man. I know you as Mike Wallace. You know me as Morgan Freeman. You want to say, well, I know this white guy named Mike Wallace. You know what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. I love the part when he got Mike Wallace so uncomfortable. He says, well, uh, uh, I'm Jewish. Like, okay, that's not what we were talking about. But I can see how uncomfortable you are. So, okay, when's Jewish History Month? Do you want one? No. Why relegate black history to one month? That's my question. Just like Morgan Freeman, black Americans are Americans. Like I said, I believe full-heartedly One of the reasons why we still have such a separation in our society is that damn hyphen. African-American, Italian-American, Mexican-American, whatever. When you come to this country, and especially when you come into this country legally, when you come into this country illegally, I believe you should have no rights whatsoever, period. And that you should be put in the back of the line of those waiting patiently, correctly, legally to come into this country. That's my personal belief. I believe all these illegal immigrants should all be deported and put on the back of the line waiting list to come into this country legally. Now, all those people that have come into our country legally and born into our country, and just because you have a different skin color or nationality or religion or all that, stop putting all these extra hyphens and slashes in between your identity. You are all Americans. When you come into this country and you get citizenship, 
or you are born into this country with citizenship, or you've been generations in this country, and whatever skin color, you're Americans. You're not African-American. You're not Italian-American. You're not Mexican-American. You are American. We are all Americans. And I love this interview. I've watched this hundreds of times. I still love it. Every time I watch it, I think, yes, that's exactly right, Morgan Freeman. Do you know how we get rid of racism? Stop talking about it. That's how we get rid of racism. I stop preferring, I, I don't refer to any of my friends as my black friends or my gay friends or my lesbian friends or whatever, or my Christian friends. They're friends. I don't refer to my castmates as this castmate's black. This ca- I, they're my castmates. They're my friends. They were my tour companions. All that. I, I don't understand this obsession with division by skin color or sexuality or anything like that. And actually, I do understand it. The reason why is for division and power. That's what it's all about. It is not about making us accept each other. If we were accepting of each other, we wouldn't look at our differences. We would look at ourselves as one, as Americans, as human beings. It doesn't matter what our differences are. But you know what? The Democrats get a lot of power and mileage from racism. They can declare racism to end almost any conversation. Okay? They can declare sexism. They can declare homophobia. They can declare xenophobia, Islamophobia, to end conversations. When people come up with marginalizations and try and reduce you to a marginalization, they are telling you, I do not have the intelligence or the information to continue discussing this topic with you at the same level you can. That's what labels do. That's the power of those stupid labels, is they end conversations. And in order for us to get past racism, to get past differences, we have to be able to talk to each other. Right? This was a wonderful video I found out about seven principles that eagles adhere to that could be advantageous if we adopt these principles in our lives. Listen to this. Don't be a parrot in life. A parrot talks way too much, but can't fly high. But an eagle is silent and has the willpower to touch the sky. Here's the seven mentalities that we can learn from an eagle. Number one, eagles fly alone at high altitude. Eagles don't fly with sparrows, ravens, and other small birds, meaning stay away from narrow-minded people, those that bring you down. Eagles fly with eagles. There's a saying that goes like this. People you hang around 
will eventually determine the person you become. Keep good company. Number two, eagles have vision. They have the ability to focus on something as far as five kilometers away. No matter what the obstacles, the eagle will not move his focus from the prey until he grabs it. Meaning have a vision and remain focused in your life. No matter what the obstacles and challenges you may face, don't give up and you will succeed. Number three, eagles are fearless. An eagle will never surrender to the size or strength of its prey. It will always give a fight to win its prey or regain its territory, meaning no matter what the size or big your problems are, don't give up. Instead, face it. Successful people are fearless. They face problems head on. Number four, eagles are tenacious. Eagles love storm. When clouds gather, the eagles get excited. The eagles use the storm wind to lift themselves higher. Once it finds the wind of the storm, the eagles use the raging storm to lift itself above the clouds. This gives the eagle the opportunity to glide and rest its wings. In the meantime, all the other birds hide in the branches and leaves of the tree, meaning achievers are not afraid of challenges. Rather, they relish in them and use them for profitability. Number five, eagles never eat dead things. Eagles never eat dead meat. In other words, an eagle does not scavenge. It only eats the meat from the prey it kills itself. Meaning, do not rely on your past success. Keep looking for new frontiers to conquer. Leave your past where it belongs, in the past. Number six, eagles prepare for training. They remove the feather and the soft grass in the nest so that the young ones get uncomfortable in preparation for flying. And eventually, they fly when it becomes too unbearable to stay in the nest. Meaning, leave your comfort zone. There is no growth there. Last but not least, number seven, eagles possess vitality. When the eagle grows old, his feathers become weak and cannot take him as fast and as high as it should. This makes him weak and could make him die, so he retires to a place far away in the mountains. And while there, he plucks out the weak feathers in his body and breaks his beak and his claws against the rocks until he is completely bare. A very bloody and painful process, then he stays in his hiding place until he has grown new feathers, new beaks and claws, and then comes out flying higher than ever before. Meaning, we occasionally need to shed off old habits, no matter how difficult. Things that burden us or add no value to our lives should be let go of. Man, I love that video. I love the message. That's so powerful. 
I didn't know that eagles, when they started to feel weak and their feathers were weak and stuff, they would actually go and do that. And I researched and it's actually true. They go and hide up in the mountains somewhere. They break off their beak. They break off their claws. They pull out the uh, weak feathers and they wait for new powerful claws and a beak and feathers to grow back in. And then they can fly even higher. I think that's fantastic. That is so important. And also getting out of your comfort zone. That is the best way to achieve success that I can possibly convey to you. The most success that I've had in my life, the things that have launched my career, my acting career and other careers that I've done is I've taken chances. I have boldly gone and way out of my comfort zone to accomplish things because just face your fears. That's what it's all about. Uh, I'll share experiences in another time about some of these successes I've had, but I just want to encourage everyone, get out of your comfort zone and leave the bad habits behind. That's how you achieve success. And then make it impossible for you to stay where you are. Remove things that provide this comfort and stability and, and uh, complacency. Remember I told you that Satan, you know, he had all these tools on one side of him that were greed and, and fear and anger and all these things. They were powerful tools, but on the other side of him was one tool. And Satan told the interviewer, I could get rid of every single one of these tools and still have success in winning men's souls. And that one tool on the other side of him was complacency. Don't ever get complacent. All right. And that's the end of this podcast. If you agree or disagree with anything I said, please don't hesitate to write drew at the watchdogsbark.com. And until next time, you know what I'm going to say, create an amazing day and life. And please help me relay the bark.